morning and welcome to Starting Right with Danny Mac. I'm going to be here every Monday to Friday to help you get a great five-minute start to your day. So grab your cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let me help you start your day right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Friday Roundup. As usual, we're going to take a look at our episodes from this week and just talk a little bit more about the things we shared. Hopefully, you'll find something in there that will give you a little bit of inspiration today as well. So let's start by going back, taking a look at Monday, in which we always talk about some Christian music. But I cheated a little bit back on Monday because I started to talk about some Christmas music. So I chose the first Noel as the first carol for us to look at this year. It was written back in 1823 by we don't quite know who. It sort of appeared in a songbook back about that time and has hung around since. It's such a beautiful melody, and it just sets the tone for Christmas when you start to hear it. We also talked a little bit about the history of Christmas carols. Now, scholars generally agree that the very first Christmas carol was written in the year 129, with a song called Angel's Hymn. It actually was very similar to the first Noel, in that the words of the song were talking about the revelation of the angels to the shepherds of the Christ child born in that manger. Now, the only problem is Christmas itself didn't show up for another 150 years. So I guess you really can't call it a Christmas carol if there wasn't Christmas, but it certainly told the story of Christmas, and so it's often called the very first Christmas carol. But if you want to listen to something to get yourself into the Christmas mood, I encourage you to start with the first Noel. It will get you feeling the vibe of Christmas and help you to get ready for the Christmas season. Tuesday's episode was called, Look Who Made the List. In the first chapter of the book of Matthew, we see a list of the ancestors of Jesus Christ. And in verse 5, it tells us this, Seven was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. And the fact that Rahab is on that list is highly significant. In the book of Joshua, the people of Israel had just come into the promised land, and they had to overcome the city of Jericho. So Joshua sends in some spies. Well, the spies had to find a place to hide. And the one who looked after them was a prostitute by the name of Rahab, who said that all she wanted in repayment was that she would be able to join the people of Israel once they won the victory. And now we see this Rahab, this prostitute, listed in the ancestors of Jesus Christ. That's a powerful statement. It tells us that God never judges our future based upon our past. That in every life, there's an opportunity to put the past behind us and to do something new and great and powerful. If you look through all of the people that God ever chose to use, very seldom did he pick those who were highly qualified or had tremendous skills or abilities. He chose often those who were overlooked, who'd made mistakes, who'd sinned against God, who'd had terrible histories and terrible pasts. And yet God transformed their lives and allowed them to do and become something great. And so God does that same thing for us. He offers the opportunity to put our past behind us and to enter in and take hold of something new and great for our future. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Wednesday's episode was called, What is Your Town Like? And in it, we talked about our attitudes and how they really shape our world around us. 
We shared a story about an old man who sat down in front of his gas station and welcomed visitors to his town. One man came in and asked what it would be like to move there, and the old man asked him what his town was like. The man responded by saying, It's a terrible place. People don't get along. They're nasty to each other. They gossip. It's a horrible place to live. The old man looked at the visitor and said, Our town is just like that. And the visitor got in his car and drove off. Not long afterwards, a family arrived, and the man in that car asked the old man again, We're thinking about moving here. What is your town like? Again, the old man asked, Well, what's your town like? The visitor said, Well, it's actually a very great place. People look after one another. They care about one another. We support each other. We're all friends. In fact, I kind of hate moving from there because it's it's kind of like breaking up the family. The old man responded, That's just what it's like here. After the family drove away, the old man's granddaughter asked him, Why did you say those things to those two men? One you said our town was rotten, and the other one you said it was wonderful. Why? And the old man's response is one of beauty. He said, No matter where you move, you take your own attitude with you. And that's what makes it a terrible or a wonderful place. And that really is the truth. No matter what day you're in, no matter what job you're in, when you get there, you're taking your attitude with you. And your attitude will make your day or your job or your circumstances either really, really good or really, really bad. And we have the ability and the grace and power of God to make the choice as to what our attitudes will be like. And so every day we can choose joy. We can choose love and peace. And in doing that, we can make our own day better for us and for everyone we come in contact with. Yesterday's episode was called, Sometimes Faith Takes Courage. And if you've never had to take a step of faith, you would have a hard time believing that. Usually, a step of faith requires a step of courage. And if it doesn't take courage, if it doesn't cause us to go beyond what is our comfort zone, it's usually not really a step of faith. Well, in the Bible, there was one woman, we don't even know her name, who took a tremendous step of faith. Her story is found in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 32. This is a woman who had been bleeding for over 12 years. She was now broke because she'd spent all of her money on doctors. She was an outcast from society because she had this issue of blood. She wasn't even supposed to be out in public, and she would be deemed as unclean because of the blood. Well, she knew Jesus was coming. And she realized if she could just touch the hem of his garments, she could be healed. And so she pressed her way through the crowd, ignoring what the people would say if they knew who she was and what was happening to her. And she reached out and touched Jesus, and immediately she was healed. Jesus looked down upon her, and instead of being angry with her, he said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. It required tremendous faith and tremendous courage for her to do what she did. And despite all of the things that were telling her she shouldn't do it, she did it. She pressed through the crowd. She touched Jesus' garment, and she was healed. Right now, many of us have things that we need to see God do a miracle in. And for that to happen, it requires a step of faith. And usually with a step of faith, there is a step of tremendous courage. I will believe. I will reach out to Jesus until he touches me. It's been a good week, my friends. I hope you have enjoyed it. And we will talk again on Monday.
you for listening today. And I invite you to join me Monday to Friday right here on Starting Right with Danny Mack.